0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Front Office Features with this week's special guest, Alec Palmer, head of marketing of Momentum, Alec, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, I've been loving what you guys are doing and, you know, always excited to, uh, you know, talk talk to you guys, talk to uh, anyone else in the industry and keep pushing this industry forward. It's It's got a big growth ahead of it. Yeah, no, and the, the one thing, and you and I were just discussing before we hit the record button, was
1: early on in your career, and we've been, Rob and I have been trying to have on more guests who are probably not at that senior gray level yet, uh, to make it more re- attainable for folks to hear and, and understand that what you can do to get to, I mean, you've already reached an amazing part, um, uh, in your career in a very short journey. So let's touch on that. I mean, I go, going through your LinkedIn and your biography, there isn't, <clears throat> there's some stuff on there that you typically wouldn't see from people regarding, cause you're just, you're just out of college, right? You're, you're how many years are you removed now from graduating?
0: Uh, Yeah, so I'm. uh, Well, May twenty nineteen is when I graduated grad school. So what is that? A year and a half, and coming up on two years here. That's unbelievable that you're already running a a marketing for a major league baseball
1: player and Mm -hmm. and doing what you're doing. So let's talk about how did you get there? Let's let's what landed you
0: with momentum. Well, yeah. I mean, first off, I appreciate all the kind words. Um, it's been crazy. It's been crazy getting here. So, um, you know, I, I, I love telling this part of my my story because I think it's relatable for a lot for a lot of reasons, but I think there's a lot of people who are in the spot I was about two years ago. So, um, you know, I'll start out, sorry if it's a little bit dragged out, but, uh, you know, my senior year of college, um, I had just, I had gotten hurt my sophomore year of college baseball. I ended up having to take my junior year off. And in that year I, I always refer to it as kind of like the one of the worst years of my life um, personally where I gained a ton of weight mentally I wasn't in a good spot like it was my first time not having a sport to play just a lot of things going on and at that point um, is when I really started to realize that I missed sports I missed being in that team environment that camaraderie is, is something that you don't really get uh, in a lot of places so recognizing that realizing that, I knew I had to get back into the into the game uh, somehow, and that's when I started uh, thinking about. And I, you know, I'm from I'm from Pittsburgh, but I went to school in Ohio, Baldwin Wallace University, up here in Cleveland. And when you're in Ohio in the fall, especially, uh, there's nothing like Ohio State football. That is basically gospel uh, to this state. And at that point, you know, they were their creative team, especially their football team, was really just ahead of everyone. Uh, so this was what, 2017, 2018. And I was seeing that all the time. You know, Every week I saw these crazy videos and graphics and all that going on. And I thought to myself was like, this is it. This is how I can get back in the game. You know, why can't we be like this? Why can't our baseball program be like this? Uh, you know, and, and coach Harrison and coach DeAngelis uh, you know, without them, I would not be where I am. And I I owe pretty much everything to them for, for taking that chance on me. And I stay close with them uh, in that junior year of my, of college. And, at that point is when i realized hey I, maybe i can do this i've never done anything i uh, creative like that uh you know i was an accounting major at the time i graduated and ended up being an accounting major and getting my mba but um you know i wasn't you know your typical you know cookie cutter creative person so at that point i i talked to the coaches and they're like yeah you know try it out let's see I mean, we don't have anything you know there's no reason it couldn't hurt so i did and i taught myself everything from photoshop to video to Photography to you know running social media accounts and all this and it grew. I mean I, I the the statistics are kind of evading me right now, but and you know, we grew to a, ton, a huge following. We are the the biggest in D three. I don't know if it was the biggest following in D three, but definitely the most content and um, people started to really realize that. And just on, on campus, but outside of campus, and looking at our, our competitors. And once I found out that. Uh, other coaches were using it as like a, almost like a recruiting tool of saying, Hey, we're trying to get like BW. Um, I knew I kind of felt that first little bit of success and knew I was on the right path. Um, so then I got, uh, I had my fifth year because I was finishing my MBA right after my you know, undergrad. And that's when uh, a couple other teams reached out to me. So I was doing men's basketball as well. And then baseball is incredible year. Um, Coach Heil and Coach Schmidt, they're amazing. Those guys on that team were amazing as well. You know, owe a ton to them. And towards that end was when I was really starting to realize like, okay, well, you know, I went to school for accounting, I got my MBA with a focus in accounting. But my you know, I've had a couple of tax business internships. And then I had a couple sports internships, so I didn't really have a clear cut path. And seeing this experience, I was like, you know, I'm going to try. I always have my accounting background to fall back on, you know, Everyone always needs their taxes done. Everyone's always going to need their finances managed. So, you know, worst case scenario, I try this and I'm terrible at it, and I leave the industry. And so that's where I realized I wanted to start. And then um, I was actually sitting in my audit class. You know, and I apologize to, to Professor Shrag, um, but I was not paying attention. It's my uh, year spring. I was
1: not paying attention to accounting ever either. So I don't. I, that's okay. I that was the my that was the class I struggled to keep my eyes open in was accounting for sure. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, yeah. I. I agree, <laughs> and I majored in it, so I, I definitely feel that. But, um, yeah, I, I was just not paying attention, and I saw a couple tweets come past from this company called Momentum, and Trevor Bauer was tweeting about it, and I'm like, yeah, I've always been a big fan of his even since when he was pitching in college. And um, you know, I, I sent a cold email to the – I found their business email, and I sent a cold email. It was basically like, here's who I am. I see you guys doing a ton of stuff in Cleveland. If you need any help, let me know. And sent them a couple samples of my work. Got an email the next day. Was like, actually, yeah, we do need help. Uh, What's your phone number? Like, let's get on a phone call, whatever. Um, And then the next day, I woke up to a uh, text from Trevor. And at that point, was the kind of the craziest thing that happened in my life was, you know, waking up to a text is of, hey, this is Trevor Bauer. Um, Isn't the thing you're expecting when you wake up (laughs) most mornings? And uh, so I ended up talking on the phone with him, and I started freelance for him in March 2019 for about. I don't know say a month a uh, month and a half and then he offered me the full-time videographer position at the end of uh may and i took that finished up grad school kind of all in the same month was overlapping a little bit and um, i was a videographer for a little while and then uh basically all through that year uh at the end of 2019 i was main videographer not main but i was i was, a, I was a, a large videographer there and I started doing more and more social media, taking on more responsibilities and, and making myself as valuable as possible until uh, January 1st, 2020, when I officially was promoted to uh, director of marketing. And that's where I am now. So you touched on a couple things, Alec, that I find and Rob and I talk about regularly is, look,
1: do something, right? Just don't sit around waiting for things to happen. Go out and do something. You, you hit a rough patch in your life, could have gone one of two ways, right? Just sulked around felt bad for yourself, but you said, here, I'm going to try something and go and go take a chance, which is my second point of early in your career, you could always take a chance because there's always ways to go back and fix it. And you said, Hey, if this doesn't work out, I have something to fall back on. I know I can always go be an accountant people always need to do their taxes, but if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it now when I can, because you have the ability in your early twenties to do so. Exactly. So- (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the text message because that is crazy to uh, wake up from a, a text message to a major league baseball player looking for help from their company. Wh- where did you where did all of a sudden that take you like you you have this conversation you start doing some video work for him Trevor is clearly one of the most active probably if not the most active ever athletes on social media how how involved are you with that now behind the scenes and, and what you guys are building.
0: Yeah, so uh yeah, the, the text message was insane and I think the funniest part is he didn't identify himself as Trevor Bauer the MLB pitcher. He he identified himself as hey, this is Trevor Bauer from Momentum. Um so that's just a hilarious little tidbit. Um I always laugh at that. But um you know, at the beginning I was uh, I was doing a ton of his content, so mainly in 2019 all the stuff, you know, he at at the time he was doing the sixty nine days of giving. I was editing those videos. Uh, some of his lifestyle stuff. Some I was, you know, helping with momentum because a lot of the content was kind of overlapping at that point. And then uh, he brought on his marketing agent Morgan. Uh, she's incredible. She came in about last fall, uh, fall twenty nineteen, and since then she's kind of taken the reins on, you know, helping run his socials, getting him deals, running all of his marketing, doing all of that stuff. Uh, you know, she is. She truly is um you know she's behind the scenes and she really is one of the most profound marketing uh you know geniuses or minds in in the industry right now and it's really cool to see her be doing that um and, and what she's grown since but you know last year was i was way more involved on his personal side and as i kind of grew in momentum and started making myself more valuable in other places than just videography i was doing less and less and less of that doing more social doing more marketing and that's where i got to um towards the end of 2019, and kind of, you know, that's why I ended up becoming the director of marketing uh, because I was making myself valuable at that point. And, you know, with Trevor, um, you know, I'm still very, very close uh, with him, very close with Morgan. Morgan and I talk three, four, five times a day minimum. So we're always throwing ideas back and forth, you know, different things. Uh, one thing that Morgan, uh, I'm really proud of, you know, our team and, you know, Morgan really spearheaded this was um, Trevor, if you had noticed in a lot of his interviews and press uh appearances and stuff like that he was wearing t-shirts that said like your brand here your ad here you know get me to 100k subscribers those types of things and it's one of those kind of things you don't really notice right away but now people are starting to see it and you know that's just one example of what um we're able to do behind the scenes and, and continue to grow this team that we've we've assembled so what is the vision of momentum i
1: mean like i like i mentioned trevor is clearly just extremely active and and not not afraid to express his views towards players the commissioner the league what is his overall goal here like what are you guys building and and where do you see this
0: going so you know our our mission statement is we're connecting fans with athletes through storytelling uh, in the most genuine human way possible and that kind of drives our entire business that drives our entire vision all of that and what we see and what we mean by that is for so long the media, journalists, networks have driven and written narratives for athletes, for leagues, for these things. And um, that's kind of the genesis of Momentum was Trevor was sick of someone else writing his story and you know telling people how they should think about him. And he said, basically, people are going to love me or they're going to hate me, but I'm going to be the one telling that story. I'm not letting someone else tell that story. And that's kind of the the, the motivation for him and Tyke Green to uh, co-found Momentum. So... You know, extrapolating that into a much a, a much larger kind of vision. Uh, you know, we want to dominate the space in baseball and be able to show these players of who they really are, and not just the you know not just the name on the back of the jersey, not just the team that they play for, not just the position, the number. You know, they are human beings. They are people just like us. They're just really good at a sport, and that's something that is very often lost, uh, in my opinion, and in our opinion, is that people don't break that uh, you know the proverbial wall between an athlete and a, you know, a, a regular person per se. So, you know, continuing to show, you know, pull back the curtain, show who these guys are, show their personalities. And baseball specifically is, you know, years behind uh, a yeah. league like the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In terms of doing that. And, you know, that's something we're trying to speed up. And, you know, we, we have our breakthroughs and we have our kind of falls and, and, and kind of you know, we run into issues, but – You know, at the end of the day, we are here for the players. We truly are. And it's not even just from a media standpoint, because I think a lot of players are very gun shy when it comes to uh, talking to journalists, talking to media networks, and things like that, because, you know, they have the cookie cutter answers, they have the cliches, they have the kind of idea that someone might, it might be a little bit of like gotcha journalism or kind of gotcha quotes and things like that. And what we do is we make friendships first with these guys. You know, regardless if you ever want to do content with us, we want it to be like in a normal time. You know, uh, the Padres show up back in Cleveland for a series and, you know, uh, you know, Mike Clevenger hits up hits me up and is like, hey, you want to grab a beer and dinner tonight? Like those types of things. We really want to hone in on be, you know, showing uh, that we're here for them and then our work. Obviously, you know, showing that as well when uh, working very closely. If a guy says, hey, can you like take that out? We're like, absolutely. Like no questions asked. If we think it's super important, obviously we'll explain why we think it's important. But, you know, making sure we're, we're fulfilling their needs first and not anyone else's is, is, is the key for us. It is
1: fascinating that a, a player is taking it upon themselves to go and break down that barrier. A current mm-hmm. player, too, no less. Not even a former player. Because yeah. – clearly he can be a lightning rod and, and, and have his opinions. And again, he doesn't hold back, which is fantastic because I think to your point, baseball has gone through this long, uh, probably wall, uh, where you don't see personalities or don't know who people are because they're just, they're just guarded. Right. And they're, we haven't been out front telling the story of ho- all these guys and making them human. And that's the biggest piece of how you connect with someone is relate to somebody is hearing who they are from an authentic standpoint. So, <laughs> I love what you guys are doing. It's fantastic. I think it grows the sport. I think it gets engagement from a younger generation that we've missed in our industry for a long time when it comes to baseball. Sure. Um is there any so ha, is there any players that don't like what he's doing? I mean, you don't have to give me specifics, but is there anybody like do you guys get any pushback of being like, "Hey, maybe take your foot off the, the pedal a little bit here or this, yeah. this isn't this isn't going too well. Like, I, maybe you just quiet down Trevor or like is it, everyone's like this is great?"
0: Yeah. So I think we get, um, it's actually very interesting. So it's, um, you know, Trevor gets a lot of backlash from everyone just in general. So um, specifically to him, I mean, there's been other players that have reached out and kind of just, just thrown him under the bus or said like, um, just, just for, you know, he's pushing the game forward. He's pushing boundaries. He's, you know, pressing those buttons that have never been pressed before. Um, and a lot of people, uh, specifically, uh, or more, more generally, I guess, people who are not, not, um, uh, like more old school, I guess. And in that, and that thinking the old law.
1: guard, yeah, the old guard,
0: exactly. You know, the same guys who hate bat flips and the same guys who hate, uh, that if Ronald Acuna wears a chain, you know, those types of things. Um, it's, it's very much, uh, the Venn diagram of people who hate bat flips and the people who don't like what Trevor and us are doing as a circle. Yeah. Uh, so. Sense. Yeah, so we, we get backlash from that, but I think that's just generally, you, you can see that pretty publicly. Um, in terms of players not liking what we're doing, um, we're very uh, non, I, I don't know what the right verb is. We're very non-pushy about it. You know, We are very open to working with whoever. So if we do approach a guy and they're like, hey, listen, I'm just not into like media and stuff, it's totally fine. Um, we've never really had someone who's like, man, what Momentum's doing is like hurting us. We hate that. Um, I mean, granted that that conversation could be happening, and we just don't know about it. But for, for the most part, guys, we've definitely seen guys be hesitant and kind of apprehensive, and be like, "Well, I don't know." Like maybe the first time we work with them, they might be a little bit more um, withdrawn. But then they see us; they see how people reacted. They see how fans are like, "Oh my god, I didn't know!" You know. Uh, you know, whoever Michael Lorenzen was, this cool. Like, I love what he's doing, and then they kind of feel that, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, people do want to see that, and then they grow and grow and grow. And that's something um, you know we're really proud of, and something we continue to do is, is is to get those guys to trust us and understand that people want to see it. People want to see this type of content, and it's not uh, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to harm your. Your reputation. Sure, some of the old, you know, fifteen-year vets might not like it, but listen, they've got two years left in the league, anyways. So who cares? You've got ten, and that's what we're trying to build here.
1: Yeah, no, and and to your point, you're you're almost retraining their thought process of not being
0: afraid to take down the wall, right? Exactly, exactly. We saw um, in, in spring training, we run a branding workshop, and it's geared towards. Guys who want to understand how to brand themselves, and guys who want to kind of build their off-field brand per se. It could be on-field, but you know, mostly who their personality is. And at that point, um, we started to. See, we heard from a couple minor leaguers that there were organizations that are you know discouraging them from wearing the organization's hat or logo around. And they're saying, "Well, you didn't make it to the big leagues yet. You can't wear our you know you can't wear our logo." And it's like that's insane to me. Um, that you're you're not promoting, and I think that's it's kind of a, a baseball culture thing, and we see it breaking right now. I really do think that. I think the unwritten rules are being burned and thrown away, and you know you just yeah, definitely things-
1: these playoffs. It seems like it, right? It seems like we're seeing yep. way more acceptance of emotion and, and outreach, and from the players being able to express themselves and celebrate and not be completely beaten down because they stared down a home run that went five hundred feet or struck out a guy to end an inning.
0: Exactly, and that's that's what we're trying to fight against. Is uh, it, you know, it's a it's a lot like you know most things. You've done it a certain way for so long, you think that's the only way to do it. Someone shows up and is like, "Hey, this is actually way better." And then there's going to be, be people who are just like, "No," and that's what we're fighting against. Uh, but you know, that's it's a culture of they beat you down beat that idea out of you day one you step on a big league organization's property they're like you don't make a story about yourself don't make a deal about it you are here for the team don't speak up until you've earned that right and to me and i and put it frankly i think it's bs i think that these people are not you know servants they're not they are providing a a incredible service they're providing incredible talent for your organization and it needs to be respected and i will forever side on the player's side um and i'll I'll never be uh, someone who's you know necessarily defending the owners or 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 something like that because the players are truly what makes the sport
1: in terms of your growth and learning social media on on the fly I think a lot of our listeners are always interested in in, in terms of they always say the, the key word, right? I want to be in sports marketing. And that that word drives me crazy because it's so vague and there's so much to sports marketing. Oh, yeah. What have you learned in terms of best practices that that has worked? I mean, what have you seen that you've tried that you thought would be like, oh, this will be great and it just like fails because we all learn from our failures, right? Like, so what are some of the things that you've done? they are like, this is unbelievable and I this is our go-to and what some of the things that you have done, you're like, ah, I thought that'd be better, but it wasn't that great.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess I have a couple examples of each. I I think first and foremost, the people in, um, in the sports marketing world or, you know, social media and sports, all of this world. Um, I think my biggest thing is never just copy someone, never take someone's word for exactly. No one has a perfect plan. There's a lot of social media gurus and things like that. You hear that word thrown around. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. It's amazing. Well, you know, there's more than one way to do these types of things. So my biggest thing is you, you try to learn from the most amount of people. You try to absorb what they've seen success, what they have thought was good or you know, what their plan was. And then you say, okay, you know, what, how can I implement those strategies? How can I implement that? And you make it your own. Because I think specifically in the social media world, we see a lot of copycats. And we see a lot of, uh, you know, you look at Wendy's. Wendy's was kind of like the first Twitter account to be that snarky corporate brand. And then all of a sudden, every brand decides they want to be snarky and corporate. And it works for Wendy's, but it's not going to work for your local law firm or whatever. You know, it's not going to, that's just not a, it's not a one size fits all crowd. So my biggest thing is you know, make it your own, have your own ideas. Things are going to fail, but fail fast. You're not always going to hit every single, um, you know, every single strategy you lay out is not always going to work. And that's something that we've experienced as well. We've had uh, content that just, we were like, oh, this is going to be good. So for example, we had a content series called Real Talks and it was meant to be more like uh, more serious and guys are sitting down and talking about like deeper things and, uh, you know, just didn't perform well. And we realized that and, you know, we, we released everything. We failed fast and we kept moving. And then we see something where we didn't expect it at all, like um, you know, live at bats in the, while quarantine and you know, when the season wasn't happening yet, we had uh, set up, you know, out socially distant in the desert, live batting practice, and we were like, oh, like this would be good to fill our content, whatever, and it exploded. I was going to ask you we- about that. The pickup games. Were you at the pickup games? So I was at, I was out there for a week. So I got to see a couple. Um, I was out there. Um, I didn't. So the sandlot game, which happened right after the season got canceled, um, that was like we. I was out there. We planned the whole thing in about seventy-two hours. Um, but the live at bats was different, where um, I was not, and we had actually an independent contractor um, that we know we've worked with a bunch of times, filming out there, and obviously Trevor was out there as well. Um, so we had that, uh, and it, w- it was pretty crazy. Like, it was one thing we didn't expect to, you know. Do so well, perform so well, and people loved it. Um, so it's those types of things, and I think that oftentimes we sit here, and I think uh, I'm sure you saw, but the um, uh, the dreams, the um, what's it? I forget his name now. Um, Nathan Apodaca, who was doing, he was on the skateboard drinking the Ocean Spray cranberry juice. Oh yeah, yep. It went viral, and everyone's like, I can't believe Ocean Spray hasn't done something on social and hasn't done this. And I'm like, you have no idea what they're doing. And it turns out, you know, they bought him a car yep. and. They did all this other stuff behind the scenes, and it's that type of thing where there's not one size fits all. You you don't have to do things that your brand it doesn't fit. And it's something I preach all the time: is we see that with trends. Uh, You know, everyone is doing the name of random whatever right now, and it's like not everyone doesn't make sense for everyone, um, uh, every single on on every account. So, uh, you know, I think it all just goes back to. Take ideas and understand ideas and strategy from other people. Understand the motivations and understand the goals of those strategies, and then implement implement them to make them yours. Because at the end of the day, you know your brand, you know your audience. Not not any social media guru or you know large social media strategist or anything. They 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 fail too. Um, and that's something we we don't see a lot. So the other thing in terms of pivoting to a
1: different subject is you were involved in the wiffle the wiffle ball tournament, right? That you founded the. With a yes. wall for a cause. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that because sports to me has more than ever right now that we need is has the ability to give back and create goodwill. So mm-hmm. would be remiss not to talk about what you started about six or seven years ago now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Now like you I said, I, I can't believe that.
1: So what was the, what was the, how did you come up with that and what does it all benefit?
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, it was actually my, so, so in high school, uh, my senior year of high school, I had, we had to do something called senior projects. Everyone does some version of it, but basically we had to do, you know, a research pro- uh, project and like an application part of the project. And it was kind of like, you know, to, in order to graduate high school, you had to do this project. So I did the research on like the science of baseball or, or something. I don't really remember, but um, my application was, I didn't want to do, you know, the application part could have been a poster. It could have been something like that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's boring. I don't want to do a poster." So I thought, "What if I hold a charity wiffle ball tournament?" You know, I I raise money, I get sponsors in there, I do all that, and um, it, it was it it was way more successful right away. I had like the first time I think like. 60 or 70 participants or something crazy like that it was all high school students some adults some things like that and we raised i don't know 500 bucks maybe um for fields for dream or fields for kids fields for dreams um field of dreams that's what it's pirates yeah. charities uh, fields for kids um and that was the original charity i had done that i'd worked with the pirates front office. i mean i'm a senior in high school emailing like the the, the pirate sponsorships and getting stuff and and doing all that um, and it was super successful and got really excited. And that was when I thought, you know, I I could do this year round. This is something I really love to do. It's, you know, I'm giving back. It's fun. It's in the summer. It's wiffle ball. It's all the things I like to do. And my aunt um, is actually neighbors with a um, the, the co-founders of a charity called Jameson's Army. And Jameson's Army is a charity that helps, uh, you know, children and families who have been affected by congenital heart defects. And Jameson, the namesake, he was actually born with congenital, like a hole in his heart, congenital heart defects. And he, I forget the amount of five surgeries. He's had three different hearts. He has to have one more heart transplant. And he's an ama- like he's so strong now, like he's super healthy and all this stuff. And it's really amazing to see what he's done and how he's grown. But uh, my aunt was really close with the co-founders, so I brought it to my aunt. She's like, "Yeah, you should talk to Danielle and Patrick about it." So I did, and they're like, "Absolutely, we'd love to do this event. We'd love for to uh, you know uh, to benefit us, and you know the whole charity will help you." And that was where you know, with now has become. Uh, so unfortunately, last I mean this year we couldn't have done it, um, and the last year it's. We, it's grown more and more. So now it's community members. It's uh, We had like a news channel come out last year or two years ago now. Um, and we, we've had all this different stuff go on. And, and it's truly one of my favorite days because now it's a lot. There's adults, there's kids, there's teenagers, there's grandparents. Everyone's got a different team. We've got over a hundred people participating now. We get donations, uh, things like that. And, and to see – all these people, you know, show up in a park in the middle of the summer and kind of relive their backyard glory days and just a huge smile on everyone's face. And, you know, it's BYOB, so there's teams with their coolers and, you know, they're catching wiffle balls one-handed because they got a beer in the other hand, but you know, they're, they're just having a lot of fun. Um, and it always just fills my heart, um, you know, every, every year. And, and we, we get to raise money for a great charity. And, you know, in 2018, I think it was 2018, I was placed on the, uh, or I was elected to the executive board. Uh, of the charity. So now I'm there and I'm helping out. And, you know, obviously COVID has has stopped all of our events this year, especially uh, with such a high risk, uh, you know, person with Jameson. Um, But, you know, he's, he's still, he's still killing it. He's still growing and and doing his best. And, um, you know, it is really a huge part of my life that I really, really appreciate and and, and always get excited about.
1: Alec, you're like the poster child for Rob and I's message about just, go out and do something and start something and create something and you'll see where it goes. And Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable that you've, I mean, you're like two years into your career and you're rattling off, you're on boards, you're running MLB (laughs) players, social media accounts. You're you've been running events for the last six years. You you started something from scratch with a D three baseball team because you had an injury and didn't just feel bad for yourself. I mean, look, like this is exactly what we try and preach of like, you, you have to go out and, Grab what you want and make it happen. Take a chance. Nothing bad can come from that. You can always fix it, right? So, like, kudos to you, man. Like, this is this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't believe. Like, some of the stuff you're
0: telling me sounds like you've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> well, no, I, I appreciate that, and it's you no, know, it, you're exactly right. You've you have to go out and do things, and, that, and you know, I live my life. You know, I have an incredible family, an incredible support system, and um, you know, I I've lived my life kind of under a few tenets of. You know, you in every position you are, you have is something my dad always told me. Make sure you know you're proud to put your name, your stamp on everything you do. Because um, if you're not, then why are you putting that out? And that's something that always kind of dro- drove me. But the other thing is, whatever you do, you know you're doing it, and it represents who you are. And it kind of goes off what I just said. But you know, make sure you are. Per- making sure you are as valuable as you possibly can to whatever position you are in. And that's, that's what I did with momentum or else my goal was, was I made it almost impossible for that operation to run without the things I was doing. And granted, could they, you know, refill my position? Sure. But I wanted to be so valuable on so many different levels that it was a no brainer that I had to stay around. And, you know, that's kind of a, I look at it almost like a survivalistic um, mindset, but I think that's the biggest part is, I've done these types of things with my work and, and in my work history. Uh, you know, even when I was an intern at the Pittsburgh Riverhounds soccer club, I was unpaid. I was working two jobs at the time. I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods, making you know whatever I was making there, and then part time. And I was doing unpaid work at the Riverhounds, and I was there. You know, I was a marketing and corporate partnerships intern, so I was helping the marketing department, helping the partnerships, brainstorming ideas, doing all this different stuff. And then one day, um, our mascot didn't show up for game day. And I was like, they're like, well, we need a mascot. And I was like, I'll do it. Why not? Like, when am I ever gonna be a mascot again? Love it. Uh, Love it. I did that too. Yeah. I just jumped in the mascot suit, right? Well, why not? Like, let's go for it. Yeah. I was like, exactly. So I was like, oh, one game, whatever, and they loved it. And uh, so I just became the mascot for game day. And that that formed into me doing a charity event, and I just tweeted about it yesterday, but repelling twenty-seven floors for a charity in that mascot uh, uniform down the side of a building in downtown Pittsburgh. And it's like to me you just have no idea where you're going to go and what decisions are going to create and the doors are going to open and i don't know I, I i'm a big proponent of you know life is so short might as well just keep trying to do what you want to do and hopefully it pays off
1: look i don't want to pile on to other folks to feel bad but you're you're now an adjunct professor too is that correct yes yes i am yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> so you, you did you go back to your your alma mater and do it sports management
0: yeah. So, um, I, at the time when I was at BW, when I was still going there and, you know, working as the creative media and all of that, um, uh, I now know that I made a large impact on a lot of people there and I'm incredibly appreciative for that. And I, it's really surreal, uh, to, to feel that way. And one of the people I did make an impact on was, uh, Dr. Charles Campisi and he's the, the chair of the sports management department, uh, sport management department, excuse me. And, um, I'm only obviously a year and a half out. And one day I got, it was a summer, it was like July or August. And I forget what happened, but he, I just got a text. I'd never really spoken to him like in person. Uh, but I've heard that he would use me as an example is like, you know, how you can make your own path in sports and, and all of that uh, while, you know, while I was there. So got a text from him and he was just like, Hey, Alec, like this is, you know, Dr. Campisi, would, would you have time to, you know, hop on a phone call or, or come in to meet? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like it was a Wednesday. I think he texted me. I said, yeah, I can come in on Friday. I'm free. He's like, all right. He says, I'm just going to jump the gun. Like, would you be interested in teaching a class at BW? And I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I was like, I've never taught a class before, but but sure. Um, so I went in, and it was uh, he had pitched me the idea of the sport technology class I teach now, and it's basically giving these students the tools that I taught myself um, while I was there. So, you know, they're not going to come out as Photoshop and Premiere experts or social media experts, but they're going to come out with a lot more skills than most of the job field has. And that's that's the goal right now. I actually had a talk class this morning. Um, we're, we're in the middle of teaching, uh, how to use Adobe Premiere and video editing. We just got finished with Photoshop and to see in the four or five weeks I taught Photoshop to see the progress some of the students made was amazing. I'm going to do that again. And then I'll be teaching this, um, you know, basically until I don't want to anymore. And it's really awesome to, um, you know, BW, I owe everything to them and I truly, truly believe that I, you know, I wish I was a millionaire so I could just give them some money and, and help out, but you know, teaching now is it, it's so um, it's incredible to, to be back already and to be asked and to be trusted already to to help form that and, and formulate these these students coming out. So, you know, I, I appreciate Dr. Campisi and, and everyone at BW and to see uh, a lot of the professors I just um, had a year and a half ago that now are my colleagues is is quite the uh, whirlwind. That's for sure. Life comes at you fast, buddy. <laughs> just <Yeah>. Buckle, buckle <laughs> up. <laughs> Uh, no, but that's that's awesome because
1: it's it's also the other thing that we love to talk about is send that elevator right back down, right? You get help yeah. along the way, and this is a really tough business to navigate, and a lot of people are really interested in working in it and being successful. And when you have the story to tell, such as yourself, that you're willing to give back and 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 really give your time, kudos to you, man! Like that's that's great to hear that already that you've you've taken on that responsibility to help out the next generation of sports marketers, sports salespeople, sports whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And it is right. You're right. It's the most fulfilling thing you can really do. And that's why I always encourage people to do it. When you have that impact on someone's life and you can see it come to fruition, it's better than anything else you'll ever produce, edit, post, right? It's just just different. There's something
0: connection about making sure that you take care of someone else in this business. Absolutely. And that's, that's uh, what I, you know, I get a bunch of i I'm not, you know, this is not in a way any bragging. I I get DMS from people asking for advice and want to top on a 15 minute phone call and and things like that. And, you know, I, I will make the extra effort. I will make the time, whether it's, you know, 2am or or whatever, six in the morning, I'll get on those phone calls because I know that those people are in the same spot that I was, uh, you know, two, three years ago. Who was just begging for someone to show them what to do or to help and you know it's really cool to see a couple of the people i've i don't i, I don't call myself a mentor i, I just want to be a resource and some people i've talked to now they're doing amazing things and you know one of the guys i talked to very early was his name's carter franklin and he's now he was just touring the whole u.s with a, a popular youtuber uh Devante frigga who was doing all these uh, basketball videos and, and content. It's awesome to see Carter do that. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't, the person who did that for me was Jimmy Longo. Um, he was at university of Arkansas and now he's with the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, um, you know, he was always there answering all my dumb questions and I could never thank him enough for, for how he got me to where I am. And, um, that's, that's my biggest thing is people need help and you, it's, it's up to the people who want to make, the, the industry better are should be the ones who are responding to those DMs, giving advice when you can and, and trying to just help you help the next generation. Um, because I it, it's not so much I don't know if it's humility or not, but I just want to see other people grow. What's what's the phrase? You know, a rising sea lifts all ships or you know, or that and it's kind that, of how I feel my-
1: about you that's kind of how I feel about you guys in momentum, right? Is the, what yeah, you're exactly. doing is eventually going to help rise the tide for all athletes in terms of major league baseball because it yeah. The more the more brands and the more people are interested in people, the more they'll watch the drives revenues and drives contracts up. It's just the way it works.
0: Exactly. That's, that's our goal is, you know, we want to, I laugh because we want to create our own monster almost, you know, we want to train a guy early who's doing content on his own. And now all of a sudden he starts his own media company and we're competing with him. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal. And we would know we'd made it at that point is we've now created our own, our own monster create our own industry and um you know i i think that it just kind of a, a theme that i've went across and the theme i carry with myself all the time is just be unapologetically yourself um I, I do that on on social media i do that in real life i do that you know as a teacher as an employer as, as all of that i you have to be yourself because people Really buy into other people. They don't buy into ideas. They don't buy into products. They don't buy into anything like that. They buy into the people behind it. And if you are yourself, and and someone can look at you and know it's genuine, and they can know that you aren't, you know, trying to pull an over on them or kind of get around them or be, you know, sneaky, um, you know that that goes a long way, especially especially in the sports world. So let's talk about a
1: really important subject right now that is probably bubbling up more than ever based on what's going on and when COVID hit and Mm -hmm. folks have lost their jobs or or, are worried about losing their jobs and they're sitting maybe at home and or alone is mental health and you and I were discussing before we hopped on that this is near and dear to you and something Mm -hmm. that you kind of touched on that you sort of went through it while you were in college but it's becoming less it's becoming less of a problem for people to admit that they have a problem, um, if that yep. makes sense. And yeah. where 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 are you? What what are you doing with mental health? And what are your thoughts on like how we can be better in terms of addressing it as an industry? Because it's always that you don't want to f- people feel like they're going to be looked down upon if they say they're having an issue, and that
0: can't be further from the truth. Exactly. I mean, you, you summed it up right there. Um, I, I think the stigma is slowly going away. Um, and, and you know, you, you see some steps back, like uh, Skip Bayless talked. I was going to how- say,
1: except for Skip Bayless, we could we could exactly. cross him off the list for
0: mental health awareness. Exactly. Um, so I, I think it's all about education. I think it all is about you know caring for others, and you know, especially in the state our world is, that's not necessarily um, at the forefront of every news cycle right now. But you know, that's what I what I really want to get get across to people is. Mental health already was tough in the sports world, and I, I had I had a tweet go around uh, a couple months ago, and then I ended up doing a panel um, with about fifty other sports creatives about talking about mental health and what we can be doing better. And it was an amazing experience. And you know, shout out to Matt Desmond for putting that together in the sports creative Slack and, and all of this. But one thing that I wanted to talk about uh, on there, and then you know, right now is. People look at sports creatives as kind of you know we always talk about we're undervalued and underpaid, and but we produce kind of the the stuff that everyone likes and the, the stuff that everyone wants, and it's almost similar to um, kind of like artists or musicians or performers, and we see a ton of mental health problems and you know uh, much more I guess severe drug addictions and, and things like that where you know it all comes down to the performance and having to perform day in and day out and create new things and capture people's attention can really, really draw on you. Um, And we see that very easily with performers, you know, look at Mac Miller and, you know, um, we just see uh, Robin Williams and, and others like that who have passed away and, we see, we then realize, like, oh, maybe they weren't, they weren't completely okay. Maybe they had some mental health issues, and we, we understand that. And I, I kind of, um, I don't say it's equal, but I, I can relate to the idea of perf- the performance aspect. So, sports creator creators and, and sports creatives and is all about entertainment. At the end of the day, sports is entertainment, whether we want to believe that or not. You know, people watching the NFL. They're also competing with watching Netflix. They're competing with going to the movies when you could. They're competing with all these other ways of entertainment. And sports, the teams are up to capture that entertainment value and capture that audience. And you do that by content and then on-the-field product. Obviously, you know I'm not affecting the on-the-field product. It doesn't matter. That happens, whatever. Um, but especially now we see COVID, there wasn't an on-the-field product. Fans can't go see it in person. You know what they have to do, though? They have to go to the social accounts. They have to go to the team YouTubes. They have to go and watch all this other stuff that has to you know, capture their attention and make sure the team is still uh, popular and the players are still popular. And what people don't see is that's people like you know ourselves, people who are now working 24-7 right now, creating videos and you know, their bosses, especially work from home. That work-life balance goes away from work from home. I am the biggest opponent of full-time work from home that you'll probably ever meet. I think it's completely um, destructive to mental health. I like can unless you have figured out a way to completely stop that home and turn off that switch. I think it's completely destructive um, for for mental health, specifically in, in in a content world like this. And again, you know, I, I went on a couple of tangents, but the idea that we are now performing and creating things for thousands, millions of people, depending on the size of your account, depending on the size of your team, can really you know draw on. You can really beat you down um, because you get that instant feedback. If someone hates it, no one's going to watch it. If someone loves it, all of a sudden people are like, "Well, where's the next one? Why isn't the next one out? Why isn't this next thing as good as the last?" And it kind of it builds up and builds up and builds up, and then we all burn out. And that's what we see in the sports world, and, and creative media is so new that first round of burnouts is just hitting right now. Um, you know, I would say creative media like this, in, in its form, modern form, is maybe four five years old at this point, um, and we're seeing a lot of people start to realize like this is not sustainable. We either need to get a lot of more people, we need to be paid way more, or you know, we need to change how we're doing things. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of that coming out of COVID. And if a team or an organization or a network or a company doesn't recognize the value of what these creatives did during COVID to keep their audience engaged, then that that company's got a lot more problems coming at them. Yeah. So I guess I have a two-pronged question for you then, Alec. What, what do you do to make
1: sure that you're not hitting that wall or, or taking things too seriously when you get that instant feedback? And, and what else can we be doing as an industry and also what should folks be doing to make sure that they don't go crazy because they're home by themselves. And and in this essentially trapped uh, where they get instant feedback and might not be feedback they're anticipating, which could send someone off the rails.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's pretty tough to, to be able to do that takes a lot of mental strength and it's not something that everyone can just do right away. Um, And I, what I do personally is, I, I am, I'm great at giving the advice. I'm terrible at taking yeah, my That's
1: everybody, buddy. Nobody uh, can take their own advice. It's It's a, it's my wife tells me all the time. Don't worry about it. It's never good. You'll <laughs> never take your own advice.
0: Exactly. So I'm sitting here telling you to do all these things. And I, meanwhile, I'll be here till at my computer till 11, 8, 11 PM tonight, just chugging away. Um, but no, you know, I, I really think there's a couple things. things. Um, one thing you have to immediately realize is the company is not going to dissolve. Because you decided to take a night off and not answer that email, um, there's never been something that has been urgent that you know. I guess I can reserve that. I want. I don't say never because there there are. I guess, but you know, that email, that ping, that 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 you know, text. Most of the time, almost all the time, it can wait. And I think realizing that and realizing that um, the company or your organization can kind of run without you. Um, for even a short amount of time is something big. And granted, maybe if you're not, maybe if you're the CEO, it literally can't. But uh, you know, for most most employers, then or employees, they're not the CEO, and that can happen. So I think taking that, and you have to make a concerted effort, especially right now, to um, do things that aren't work and don't talk about work. Or you know, go hang out with your friends. Go, um, I mean, very you know, safely as well. But you know, right now, but in, just in general, you have to make the time for yourself. Or else you're going to drive yourself completely into the ground. And I've been there. And I've been there, you know, every few months I end up there. And that's the hardest part is pulling yourself back out and making those lifestyle changes. And I'm very open, you know. I was I was doing a great job for about two months, like running every day, feeling great, my mental health was high, and then I had one bad day, and it's derailed me for the past month. I haven't ran, I haven't done what I needed to do. And, you know, you feel those waves of depression, those waves of anxiety coming over you. And you have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. And the cliche is, you know, fill your own cup before anyone else. And at the end of the day, there is not a single person who can affect you except yourself. You know, you have to look in the mirror every night. You have to lay your head down on your pillow every night and, and understand what you did. And making sure you're taking care of yourself. So if that's taking a walk, you know, one thing that I've seen, and one thing I, I go to therapy weekly, and I talk to him, I t- talk to my therapist about it, and he's always reminding me is you have to take care of yourself. It's okay to be selfish, and we say that because selfishness is oftentimes, especially in American society, is very much uh, taboo. You shouldn't be selfish. You should be looking out for other people. And I'm not saying to be you know a jerk about it, to to be selfish and you know hurt someone else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you need to take some time for yourself, if you need to go treat yourself, if you need to 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 take time and away from whatever you're doing to help yourself, that's okay. Make those decisions based on yourself because if you start making decisions based on everyone else, that's when you start to feel that internal dissonance, that internal regret that kind of piles on. So if I had any just simple advice to tell people, I think it's uh, you know from an employee point or from an individual point of view, take the time for yourself. Be a little selfish every once in a while. Make sure you're, you know that email can wait. Go go have a beer with your friends or go go grab dinner or, or just go for a walk. Go to the park. Do anything at all. Um, and I think as an industry as well, that's something that we have to recognize. And you know, I, I technically I don't want to say I have an employee, but you know, our digital manager is technically under my department at Momentum. And one thing I do and Madison she's an incredible worker and one thing I do is I make sure I'm in a position where I'm constantly checking to make sure she's okay and making sure she hasn't doesn't have too much work or you know reassuring her, her that like hey you know, take today off like we we generally work like a little bit in the mornings on Saturdays just because content is 24/7 but you know making sure we we're, we're we're separating your life giving that not overloading someone cuz we don't want to burn each other out um, so I think, as an industry, you just have to be aware of that, and our leaders have to be aware of that. That you have to start understanding how other people's jobs work to really, really understand how you can help uh, your your company and your department.
1: Alec, you are wise beyond your years. This has been awesome, uh, enlightening, informative. I think our listeners are going to take a lot out of this conversation because. I mean, we covered it all like do something, take chances, take care of yourself, mental health breaks like you name it. I love that you are not afraid to talk about the issues that you may have had or or do have and and make it not a stigma. And it shouldn't be because right now it's okay to ask for help and raise your hand and say, I need help because everybody has been there and it's not it's not it's not a negative towards you. It's not a weakness. Mm -hmm. We all are human beings. Every single one of us goes through dark days or hard days and it's okay to raise your hand rather than spin your spin the wheel in your head over and over again because all you'll end up is in the exact same spot in this endless circle. And just talking to someone, using a friend, a mentor, whatever, that is very much encouraged. Our industry is hard. We work a lot of hours. You don't mm-hmm. make the money you probably should. So there's days where you go, is this all worth it? And you start questioning yourself. So I am, I applaud you, Alec, for being way ahead of it. Uh, I will, I will wrap this up with. Trevor has already sent the MLB. I, like if you do one search for Trevor, has already <laughs> sent the free agency tizzy of where he's going, whether he's adding the Red Sox, that he's got a plane ticket to Boston. The Yankees need more starting pitching. The Padres, like I, I love that he is just has no. He speak of no fear, just. Stir the pot. So where's he going? Where's he
0: going? I, listen, I, everyone I'm has, you, you don't have to answer. I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that question. Oh, no, I'll answer. I have absolutely no clue. And trust me when I tell you, I'm trying to plan our spring training accommodations right now and we're going to Arizona and we're like, is he going to be there? Is he not? We have no idea, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and we're doing it. And, you know, it's awesome to see what he's doing. And, and it's one of those things. Like you said, a, a rising or we said a rising sea lifts all ships, and that's what he's trying to do, trying to push the market for pitchers and baseball players higher and higher and higher, so they can start to just get the money that they deserve. And uh, you know, I trust me, I I will be the first one to breathe that giant sigh of relief once we find out. And you know, having his tweet notifications on because we have to make sure that we don't have to react to something right away um, has been quite the uh, stressful job lately, not having a clue where he's going to end up.
1: I'm sure, but uh, uh, whoever gets him is going to be lucky because he has been dominant and starting pitching. Clearly, as everyone sees in the playoffs, is key. But Alec, yeah. keep up the great work. How can people follow
0: you or reach you? Yeah, so and I appreciate you having me on, Chris. This is amazing. Um, you know, I'm glad you able to give me a platform to talk about these things, and especially things that are close to me. And um, now I hope that anyone who here's this and you might just wants to reach out or just wants to talk, I, I will do my best, absolute best to, to get back to you and to, uh, to, to take that time. But, um, you know, you can follow me at, at Alec Palmer underscore underscore uh, on Twitter. I just, don't forget that second underscore. I wish I could just have my at Alec Palmer like I do on Instagram. Uh, but you, know, you can follow me there. And then, um, you know, like I said, my DMS are open for a reason. Uh, please anyone who wants to reach out, um send me a dm just want to talk just want to you know talk about anything if you have i'm there for you i'll do anything i can um even if you want a discount code on some merch i've been known to throw those out in my dms yeah. too nice uh, so yeah just a little plug there but um again you know just i, I want to be you know, I, I want to thank you so much for having me chris and uh, our pleasure thanks for what you guys are doing for the industry and um really appreciate you giving me the platform to speak on these things Thanks,
1: Alec. Uh, enjoy your Friday. Have a great night, a great weekend, and definitely take some time to just
0: relax. I absolutely will. Same to you, Chris. Thank you. Bye. Bye.